Like love again. Once more, once more. Welcome, everybody. It is good to be back. Uh, we had a great time at the ABA National Meeting. Uh, it's Like I said, it's good to be back home. I mean, we've been back home for a little bit now, but it, it we, certainly is. Yeah, a week ago. Let's see. I'm just listening to make sure we sound okay. I mean, you can only get as good as you can yeah. with the voices we got, but... <clears throat> yeah, I think like we're some great orators or something. Hey, Sister Ethel. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you're... Feeling better? Feeling better. Amen. I think you got a good song for us, don't you? I'm going to try. If I, you know what? I'm sitting here fighting, fighting, fighting with this, trying to get this pick out of here. And I've never had this kind of a time getting a pick out of a guitar. There we go. I won. <laughs> yeah. If I had to, I was going to have to pull the pick holder right off the end of it. Oh, wow. All right. So this song says this. Keep on the firing line. It's going to go right along with the church we're talking about tonight. Yeah, it surely was. Well, if you're in the battle for the Lord and I, keep on the firing line. If you win, my brother, surely you must die. Keep on the firing line. There are many dangers that we all must face. If we die Just keep on the fire in mind. 
Jesus, you're going to be on the foreign line. That's for sure. That is for sure. And so tonight, uh, we are continuing on in our study of the seven churches in Revelation. So tonight, we are going to be in Pergamos. 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 And so, the very definition of the word Pergamos means elevated. And that is because the actual place was at about a thousand foot elevation. In fact, it was such a high elevation and such a strategically placed city that they thought that it was impregnable, that it could not be stopped. They weren't the first ones to ever think that. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, Pergamos is located in the southern part of Messia on the bank of the river Carcass. It was about 20 miles from the, the sea, and, and it was the political capital of the Roman province of Asia. And, brother, it, it actually lay just a little bit north of Smyrna. Um, it was a safe haven for kings to store their treasures. Uh, in fact, one of, of the ones, many through history, said to have stored at one time about $10 million there. And it was such a safe haven um, and such a place that they thought was such a place of power that they actually put the seat of the Roman Supreme Court for that region right there. Well, yeah. uh, you know, the city was, was very religious. Uh, it had uh, temples to both the, the Greek and Roman gods, uh, uh, Dionysus and uh, Athena, Demeter, uh, Zeus, uh, just to mention a few. Uh, like Smyrna, they, had, uh, they also had three temples uh, dedicated to the worship of the Roman emperor of all people. Good night. Wow. Whenever you think about that, uh, just that, that, that amount of worship, uh, just that amount of craziness, uh, how that they could just allow uh, that, that, that to go on. Jesus starts out and he, he says to them, he says, this is he who hath the two-edged sword. And brother, one thing you got to realize about that is Rome is in power. Rome is uh, currently over Pergamos at this time. And the power symbol, if you were part of the proconsul, who was the voice, who was the will of the emperor for that area, um, then you bore an insignia that had a two-edged sword on it. And you would wear it openly, kind of like a badge, to let everybody know that what you said was what was to be. And so Jesus here, speaking in their own language where they understood him, said, I am the one who has the two-edged sword. Amen. Not the emperor. Yeah. You're talking to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He had the authority. He had the authority. You know, a two-edged sword cuts both ways. Uh, yeah, in the Bible, it represents Jesus' words, uh, which cut to the quick and penetrates deep into a man's spirit. He mentions this because Jesus is about to reprove uh, the church of Pergamos because mm -hmm. He has a two-edged sword, and he is the authority over the churches. He says to them, he says, I know thy works, indicating that he knows all of their works, both good and bad. And he knows where the church dwelleth, where Satan's throne is. Mm. It was a stronghold of Satan's power, gripping the idolaters uh, and tempting the church. Brother, let's take a step back in the history just for a moment. He said it's the seat of of Satan's throne um, in the very beginning K 
Cain. And that's pretty close to the beginning, as you get right there. That's even close. Uh, Cain had fled to what would be Babylon and started worshiping other gods. Well, some thousands of years later, uh, when Persia defeated Babylon, all of the pagan priests fled to Asia Minor and settled at Pergamos. In fact, history dictates that they actually had a college there for their paganism. Wow. So now, in this time of history, we have all the false priests that would worship any god except the true god in one place and at the same time. Yeah. And all these religions decided to unify as one with emphasis on building a bridge to heaven. You remember that was the trouble Babylon had with the tower. Yep. Remember they were going to build, build, a, tower build a tower to heaven. To heaven. Now they're saying they're going to, now we're going to build a bridge to heaven. And that was the whole allure of that whole religion. That's what got everybody on. Yeah. It was, like you said, it was unified. It didn't matter if you worship Baal. It didn't matter if you worship, you know, Diana, whatever. We're all going to build a bridge to heaven and rule the gods. Yeah. That was the drive. And in order to do that, they needed a leader. Well, hey, Caesar saw an opportunity for more power, and he was appointed the first Pontifus Maximus of this new bridge to heaven, excuse me, religion. And if you look at the definition of Pontifus Maximus, it means the greatest bridge builder. Amen. So they were building a bridge to heaven, and guess who they were going to get to build it? Then. Well, let me guess. <laughs> Good old, old Caesar, was yeah. Julius Caesar? Was it Julius at this time? I wonder who it was this time. One of the Caesars. About the time that this all started, yep. You know, the, the allure of this, uh, Kyle, mm -hmm. was that uh, uh, the once you build a road, mm -hmm. anybody could use it. And if they could build, if these religions could get together, there was a common denominator. If these religions could get together and, and, and have a way to get to heaven, a road to heaven, that anybody could come and go regardless of what the religion and everything was. So Caesar here, he was looked at as the greatest bridge builder, mm -hmm. which played out into emperor worship, uh, which was so prevalent in uh, at Pergamos. In fact, they became the center for pagan worship mm -hmm. and the political center for emperor worship, and it was headquartered in Messiah. You know, Pergamos became the bridge, brother, between ancient Babylon and modern Babylon as far as pagan philosophy was concerned. You know, Satan's influence always threatens the Christian church, and here in Pergamos it's no different. Uh, and it brought great persecution to them. Uh, it uh, says here in, in Revelation uh, 2.13, says, And thou holdest fast my name. It means they professed Christ and followed his principles in spite of all this opposition of Satan. They didn't deny the name of Christ, and they stood steadfast in the faith. Even in those days where Antipas was, was faithful martyr, they stuck by the faith and held up the name of Jesus. Brother, that speaks volumes for these people. Uh, I mean, th this is such a commendable aspect because their leader had just been killed. You know, and, and if it had anything to do with the Romans, brother, it was public. It was out in the street, and everybody knew about it. It was made wide and known. They wanted to show a force uh, to the church. Satan influenced the city to persecute the church. And most of the time, brother, killing one's leader is enough to squash any movement. Well, amen. Uh, you know, uh, now, Jesus is about to break out this two-edged sword of his mouth. Uh, he says here, he says, I have a few things against it. It reminds me of, you know, it's like saying, 
brother, you're a good old boy, but. <laughs> right? So Jesus, he, he, he says, I have a few things against thee. And apparently they, they had tolerated this, this sect among them that held the doctrine of Balaam. Hmm. Well, you see, Balaam, for those of you who are maybe not so familiar with who that is, uh, you have to go all the way back to Numbers chapter 22 through 24. See, King Balak, his entire mission was to curse the children of Israel. Couldn't stand them. So he hired Balaam to go and pronounce a curse about them. Well, in a nutshell, uh, Balaam was on his way, and in the middle of the road, his donkey stopped and wouldn't move. And so he got out, cracked a whip on that joker, beat him half to death, and the donkey started to speak. <laughs> and then his eyes were open. He seen the angel standing there with a sword going to kill him. And so he got on his donkey and headed back to King Balak. But you know what? He still wanted his money. He, he wasn't done. So what he told King Balak, he says, hey, if you convince them, just tempt them and lure them and tell them that sexual immorality, just a little bit's okay. Or just, you know, have meat that's offered to idols. You know, you don't have to do exactly what God says. And guess what? It worked. Yeah, amen. It worked. You, the idea of, the whole idea of Balaam uh, was that a little sin was okay. Mm -hmm. uh, the doctrine of Balaam was the sin of perverting God's grace into a license to sin, especially concerning sexual immorality and, and pagan rituals. Mm -hmm. uh, Pergamos allowed those things in the church and failed to speak out against them, according to what Jude 4 says. Uh, it was the attitude that its members it can fully cooperate with the principles of Christ and the world at the same time and still be effective in serving God. And we know that's not true. No. In fact, Satan tried his best. I mean, he tried his best to persecute the church, uh, to defeat them through the use of persecution, and that didn't work. So guess what? When he couldn't defeat them, the old adage is, if you can't beat them, Join them. Join them. You know, just the attitude of compromising with the world. And, and rather, unfortunately, many of today's churches have compromised to the point that you can't hardly tell the difference between the church and their activities and the world and, and the world's activities. No, and it, it really is sad. And they try to use Jesus to justify that. But you, what you don't realize is that Jesus, he went to them where they were. He sat, he ate with sinners. But he never partook of their sin. That's right. You know, he never he never indulged in their sin. And that's the way we're supposed to be. Yeah, and, and many churches today uh, have felt the need to do so in order to gain members and, and put money in the bank to pay bills. You know, some think it's necessary to compromise biblical principles in order to survive. The thing is, it works, but what do you get? I'll tell you what you get, brother. You get a worldly congregation with little desire for spiritual things and a bank account to use to further the demise of spiritual principles that should be guiding them uh, and, and making them grow in a spiritual sense. And that's the problem with so many of these megachurches that are out there today. Uh, they have their own TV programs, their own uh, this, their own that. Thousands of members, but the sad truth is, is that half of those people are saved. You know, amen. You know, and why is that? It's because, brother, they've taken and they've watered down God's word. They've dirtied and muddied the gospel so much that people don't really know what it is. There's a church right here in our area that had to have a good old backwoods Baptist preacher come in and 
tell them what the gospel was. Amen. I mean, wow, wow. You know, uh, the Bible says that uh, they have the form of godliness, yep. but they deny the power of. Uh, the church becomes less like a spiritual entity that was designed by the Lord uh, to go out in all the world and preach the gospel, and they become more like a social club designed by Good Time Charlie uh, to preach all the fun we have doing worldly things together under the guise of religion. There's very little preaching against sin and a whole lot of talk about uh, love without judgment, uh, heaven without a hell, and, and spiritual power without the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, the doctrine of Balaam uh, was the sign of uh, was the sin of perverting God's grace into the into a license to sin, especially concerning sexual immorality and pagan rituals. Yeah, brother, and you know Christians are called upon to separate and to be holy and to not compromise with the world and its immoral ways, like those practicing the doctrine of Balaam that we had mentioned. Even though they held to the name of Jesus and they kept the faith, they were still without excuse when they compromised with the world. You know, they also had uh, some in their, in their church practicing the doctrine of the Nicolaitans who approved of the immorality in the church, especially sexual immorality. Mm. Uh, many leaders today in, in liberal circles in this country and all over the world, actually, have put their stamp of approval on what the Bible considers sexual immorality. They've even passed laws in this country demanding that they be accepted by society. Uh, and some churches, brother, have even allowed them, uh, the violators in their pulpits. Mm. Uh, his message to the church uh, is clear. Repent, or else I will come and, and to thee quickly and will fight against you with the sword of my mouth. Uh, the idea of eating things sacrificed to altar, uh, uh, idols here is referring to the feasts which were commonly held in the idol temple, uh, which ultimately led to the corruption, licentiousness, and, and fornication of all sorts. And brother... Again, there's nothing wrong with the purchasing and consumption of the meat that was offered on idols. Paul covered that extensively whenever he spoke to the church at Corinth. But if you're going into the temple to eat it and to pay tribute to the priestesses, therein lies the problem. Well, apparently, Pergamos even had teachers who taught this perversion as Bible fact, misleading the congregation, and, and they did nothing to stop it. Well, in this respect, I guess you could say the Christians here at Pergamos were... Very much like the ones in Corinth. Uh, very much so. You know, so you know they were they were too lenient on, on those who tried to bring in false doctrine and immoral living. Mm. Uh, and and this brother is Satan's backup plan. He couldn't shake them loose by persecution because many held to the faith and the doctrines of God. Well, brother, instead he decided to use deceptive teaching and appeal to the flesh to accomplish his goals. Take for instance Emperor Constantine. Everybody talks about. This is when Rome went to Christianity. And what happened was, before his uh, battle with Maximius, uh, Constantine claimed that he saw a vision of a cross. And behind it, a voice that said, Under this signet, you will conquer. And he decided, Oh, well, I'm going to become a Christian because of that. Uh, it, it wasn't because he heard the gospel. It wasn't because... It's because he thought with the cross is where we're going to conquer and be the mightiest nation. Um, what you got out of that, though, brother, was a bunch of half-baked, undercooked Christians who still embraced the teachings of paganism as a part of their doctrine. And, you know, it, it, it just further meant to confuse money. And it, honestly, brother, 
it was deadlier than the pagans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you? It's it's more stealth. You yeah. know, it sneaks in. A church may think that they need all the help that they can to pack uh, pack the house and stay afloat, but no church needs that kind of help. And thus, the warning in verse sixteen. Yeah. And that's because, brother, if they forsake Christ and His teachings, they're not a church. Like He said earlier, they're they're no more than a social gathering. Yeah, Amen. You know, they said so. God gives them this choice. You know, He says, "Repent, or else I will come to thee quickly and fight against you." Mm -hmm. uh, judgment must first begin at the house of God. That's what it says in First Peter uh, four seventeen. Uh, when Jesus comes to the Christians at Pergamos, He will confront them with His word. And you know, the next segment there says, "He who has an ear, let him hear." All who hear this uh, letter are warned as well. Repent or God will remove their candlestick. And brother, I think that, that warning totally applies today. You know, and, and as many as read it need to heed it. That kind of has a nice little rhyme and ring mm -hmm. to it. If you read it, heed it. Yeah, read it, heed it. And the Bible, folks, most people think it's outdated. It needs to be up, updated, modernized, put a new spin on. Folks, I'm here to tell you the Bible is alive forevermore. And when heaven and earth pass away, God's word will still be there forever. Uh, it's unchanging. The next spot here, and uh, I'm going to pull it up here and read it for you. It says, To him that overcometh. And I want to go over to John chapter 16 and verse 33. Jesus said this, in case you're wondering who the overcomer is, he that overcometh. Jesus said in John 16, 33, these things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Those who are overcomers are those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ because he is the one who had overcome the world. Amen. And so it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ. To him that overcometh, that's talking about the born-again Christian. Yeah, and through Christ, uh, those in the church can remain faithful. Uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, and not denying the faith by their actions. Uh, they can hold fast the name of Jesus without wavering, and they can be a conqueror. Amen. Uh, this would include uh, those who triumph over their own sins that uh, can constantly threaten his holiness and walk as a Christian, as, as it does ours. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. It would also mean that he has held out from falling into the temptations of the world including the things of the world that are not in themselves sinful, but pulled him away from Christ in the true church. Hebrews 12, 1 tells us that we're compassed about with a greater cloud of witness, and that we're to lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us, yeah. that we might run with patience the race that is set before us. You know, both of those things, brother, uh, one, is, one is sin, and we think a lot about sin, but the other is weight. Weight don't have to be sin. It just can be a weight, you know. If you can run away, run a, run a race, uh, you, you take off the, the blue jeans and the coveralls and, and the sweatshirts and, and you put on a pair of, uh, of shorts and you try to cut down the weight. You don't need those weights to run the race. And that's what he was saying there. Mm. Uh, in the case of those in Pergamos, it would mean that the overcomer didn't fall uh, into embracing the doctrinal uh, eras of the Nicolene or the, or the doctrines of Balaam. And brother... Think about this for a moment. The church here at Pergamos, um, it said that they were at the seat of Satan, which means they did spiritual battle on a daily basis. And and brother, not just with anybody, not just some wannabe has-been, brother. We're talking 
the elite spiritual army, Satan's elite soldiers, the most effective weapons in his arsenal, if you will, brother, this was heaven, or not heaven, but this is hell's royal army. This is the devil's royal guard that he was going against in my Asia. The overcomers in Pergamos has done battle, done battle with the best and has overcome all the spiritual obstacles uh, put forth by Satan using the power of God. Over We don't have that kind of power. Only God has that kind. You've got to have that. That's why the Holy Spirit was given us. We, we right. don't have that kind of power on our own. We've got to use God's power to overcome the power of the devil because we're no match for him. Uh, to them, God promises, I will give uh, to them the hidden manna or the true bread of heaven that is laid up for God's people that will nourish them forever. Uh, and, and what that means, brother, is as they complete life's journey on this earth, that, that hidden manna down in their spirit will feed them until such time they are called up into glory. Mm. It, it may imply, it may even imply an immediate presence of God along life's highway. Amen. This next part, I'll tell you what, it's, it's something fantastic. And I will give him a white stone. Now, no one can say for sure exactly what the significance of this white stone is. Uh, people ask that question all the time. Well, what does this mean? What's it? And there are some things that through study and research you can you can find out. But sometimes there's just, if he wanted us to know, he told John to write it. That's right. You know? He tells us what it is later. Tell us when we need to know. <laughs> but through ancient history, uh, a signet of a white stone could be a ticket to a banquet, a uh, sign of friendship, evidence of having been counted, or even a sign of acquittal uh, in a court of law. And man, if you think about that, brother, we've been given an invitation through the blood of Jesus Christ uh, to the greatest banquet of all, and that's the marriage supper of the Lamb. He, he has given us an invitation uh, and a sign that we're a friend of God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. What uh, a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Brother, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been counted with the redeemed. Yeah, amen. And then when we stand before Almighty God, the sign of acquittal of all our sins is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> so Jesus very well may have one of these in mind whenever he's speaking here. Yeah, when you say we've been counted with redeemed, I, I, I immediately think about that we're all going to be standing together as a reading of the will. Yeah. And we're all going to be sharing <laughs> the inheritance of Jesus Christ. Himself. Amen. Amen. Uh, in fact, you know, all those things you read. Uh, fit the narrative of the heavenly reward for those who have overcome the trials and temptations of this life and remain faithful and, and held up the name of, of Jesus. Adam Clark wrote, Others suppose there is an allusion here to conquerors in the public games who were not only conducted with great pomp in the city uh, to which they belong, but they had a white stone given them with the name inscribed on it which badge entitled them during their whole life to be maintained at the public expense. And you think about that, brother. Whenever we get to heaven and we get our white stone, no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering, we will be maintained and taken care of for all of eternity. Amen. You know, there's <laughs> now there's there's a there's a, a initiative to put forth your best effort. Amen. You know. Uh, Whatever this white stone is, brother, man, man it's good, you know. Amen. Good. And the Bible says, I'm not one. And on the, on the stone, it says, a new name was written. Uh, this probably indicates a new relationship with the presenter of the stone, which is in this, uh, this case would be Jesus Christ. Uh, your new name is in heaven waiting for you to arrive and pick up your reservation. 
Now, folks, we're going to end this thing now and with this question. Do you have your reservation? Mm. I'll tell you what, if you don't, you don't have to call an 800 number. You only got to talk to customer service. And no matter where you are or what you've done, the price has been paid and all you have to do is accept it by faith. Amen. We use the ABCs to help people remember. Accept or admit that you're a sinner and that there's nothing you can do to save yourself. Believe that Christ died and rose again for you. Uh, and then choose. That's the biggest part right there. Yeah. Choose Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Bible says, choose this day whom ye shall serve. Yep, and the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Shall be saved. Mm -hmm. Why don't you listen to this? There was a fella, an official appointed by Rome, one of the many Herods at the time. Paul got a chance to talk to him about this very thing. You know what he said to Paul? He said, you remember? Uh, almost convinces me to be a Christian. Is that the one? Yeah, he said... Yeah. He said, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Yeah, amen. Almost. Let's see. It's between your heaven and your heart. Yeah. Almost persuaded now. people heard him speak and they said his voice sounds like that of one of the gods yeah and he welcomed their worship as god and it said that he was immediately ate up within himself and died wrong choice yeah there ain't but one god ain't but one god amen and i'll tell you uh thank you so much for listening Folks, the, the most convenient time is now. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Yeah. And no matter where you are, no matter where you're listening from, whether you're with us live on Facebook, whether you're checking us out on YouTube, listen to us on the podcast. Tell you what, wherever you are, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, right now you can bow your head, close your eyes, and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Call on Him. Call Get on your Him. reservation. That's right. Amen. Make sure you've made your reservation. So we're going to close with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we're so thankful. Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to continue to stand strong. Stand in your strength, Father, not our own. Lord, we here in America, we have no idea what the word persecution means. But Lord, I know that there are some, even maybe some that are listening, who know very well 
the cost for naming the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray your hand to be upon them, your blessings to be upon them. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to strive and Lord, to, to, to tell everybody that we can, however that we can. Lord, there are so many avenues, so many ways that we can share the gospel. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to be a witness in everything that we say and do. Lord, if there's one that's listening that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, I pray that, Lord, now, today, right now, whenever they hear this, that they would bow their head and close their eyes, Lord, that they would, uh, Lord, just admit their need for a Savior, Lord, that they would believe, and Lord, that they would choose you as their Lord and Savior, that they would call upon you as the Bible says, and Lord, that they would be saved. Lord, I, I thank you for your, your blessings, allowing us to carry this throughout the world. Lord, all these things we ask in the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, it's good seeing you all again. Uh, be sure to check back with us next week. We're going to be in Thyatira. That's all. Thyatira. 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 Yeah, that wasn't one of Jesus' favorites. <laughs> yeah. I, I gather that wasn't. Just by just scanning over there a while ago. So with the seven churches, there are some that he said, I have somewhat against thee. There's one that he had everything against. Uh, actually, there's two of them that he had a lot against. Yeah, and there's one that he commended and didn't reprimand. Yeah. So but we're getting to them soon. Uh, so check back with us next week, um, and we look forward to it. Um, if you're on Facebook, be sure to hit that heart button and share us out and about. That's how we get the word out on Facebook. Um, if one person shares, say we get 60 or 70 people who get to see it, yeah. right? But just think, if only 10 people shared, and we know this just from our own analytics from er, from earlier out in the last year and a half, uh, almost, that 10 people, almost 500 people, get reached by it. And so uh, if you're listening, be sure to hit the share button and, and get, the, get the word out there. Also, if you're on YouTube, be sure to hit that thumbs up, give us the like, and then you can go over and uh, over here in front of Brother Doug will be our previous video right here will be our channel if you click on it you can go down and subscribe click the bell and you'll be notified whenever a new video and content uploads be sure to go back and check all of our content from the 96th annual ABA messenger meeting uh, in Charleston West Virginia there are several um, of those interviews that are up in fact all of them are up and running now uh, go see what God's doing around the world but just the few that we were able to pin down yeah, that's right. for an interview and, uh, and then if you're listening to us on Spotify, any of the other podcasting, uh, Anchor FM, a uh, brand new one that we actually found out about. Bullhorn. Bullhorn. Yeah. Uh, Bullhorn was picked up, and um, they are completely free. You can listen by data, or if you don't want to use your data, you can listen by phone in. Yeah. And uh, we actually tried that out earlier today. Yeah, it probably wasn't neat. quite as good as it is yeah. the other way, but, but it was know, saves your data. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And so... Uh, give them a check out and uh, be sure to like us, share the link, and uh, man, thank you all so much for your prayers, uh, and continue to remember each other. Continue to remember each other. We're not in this fight alone. Amen. That's right. All right. So until next time, God bless. Amen. See you next week.